welcome to Positively Pro-Life Podcast. Positively Pro-Life is brought to you by the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and aims to bring you inspirational stories and conversation, important legislative updates and informative interviews as we seek to restore and strengthen a culture of life. I'm your host, Ramil Tenney, serving as Education Director of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation, and I'm joined as always by Maria Gallagher, a Legislative Director, who's co-hosting with me today. So welcome, Maria, to, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Remel. It's great to be with you today. Yes, and this weekend, we are celebrating Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, a day to reflect the preciousness of each human life. Several churches across the state are observing this day as a reminder to continue fighting for the lives of unborn babies as well as the aged. In this episode, we have invited a member of the Diocese of Harrisburg to speak about pro-life initiatives at the diocesan level of the Universal Catholic Church. More on that just as soon as Maria gives her update for the week regarding an abortion center that failed inspection recently. Thank you so much, Ramel. A recent inspection of a Philadelphia abortion facility highlights why abortion centers cannot be trusted to police themselves. Inspectors discovered numerous health and safety violations at the PPSP Far Northeast Health Center in November. To begin with, the facility failed to discard outdated supplies. These supplies included the instruments used to conduct abortions. When asked for the facility's policy regarding discarding outdated supplies, none was provided. But the violations did not end there. The inspection also found an unclean ultrasound machine, used latex gloves on the operating room floor, and blood-like substances at the bottom of the refrigerator in the facility's contamination room. An approved plan of correction is not on file. Is this any way to run a business, let alone a medical facility? Despite the filthy conditions, the Pennsylvania Department of Health website continues to list the PPSP Far Northeast Health Center as open. It is illustrative at this point to recall why we have such health department inspections in the first place. There was a time in Pennsylvania when inspections simply didn't occur the result of what even a grand jury recognized as pro-abortion politics. Then came abortionist Kermit Gosnell and his West Philadelphia House of Horrors. Investigators believed that Gosnell had murdered hundreds of newborn babies by snipping their spinal cords. In the end, prosecutors could bring charges in only a handful of cases because Gosnell destroyed so many records. Gosnell is now serving three consecutive life terms in prison for the murders of three babies. He was also convicted of involuntary manslaughter in connection with the death of a female immigrant patient, Karnamaya Mangar. Meanwhile, pro-abortion lawmakers in the state legislature wanted to pass a constitutional amendment which would wipe out all protections for preborn babies, including abortion center regulations. Now, at a time when abortion facilities are routinely failing inspection in Pennsylvania, such a proposed policy could lead to the advent of future Gosnells, people who would blithely trade women's health and safety to make money. Remmel. 
Thank you, Maria. I think that's a very important piece of information that we all need to know in these times and days, especially as the pro-abortion agenda is being pushed further and further in our state. Now, as we had, as I had introduced earlier, our guest today is Marianne Weltmore, the Director for Life and Dignity for, from the Diocese of Harrisburg. Originally from Reeds, Reedsville, she resides in Campbell with her husband, Eric, and three children. She has a master's degree in education from Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania and a bachelor's degree also in education from Shippensburg University. Prior to serving at the diocese, she has held several positions as a middle school teacher, as well as the coordinator of religious education at her parish. As the director for Life and Dignity, she oversees the Respect Life Ministries, Health and Pastoral Care Ministry, Prison Ministry, Ministries for Persons with, with Disabilities, and Care for Creation Ministries. We're excited to have this conversation with Marianne, so welcome to Positively Pro-Life. Oh, thank you, Remel. I appreciate that, that kind welcome. Um, and Maria, thank you as well um, for welcoming me on today. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's just so much um, out there, isn't there, um, in both the legislative side and as well as the church um, component and just, I think, us as, as people in general. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Well, we're honored to have you. You have a very impressive record of serving people. Uh, so can you tell us what you do as the Director of Life and, uh, Life and Dignity at the Diocese? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, well, I can say I started in this uh, position here at the diocese a little over a year ago. Um, so this first year has just been um, a wonderful learning experience, um, an experience of meeting many people, um, learning more in depth what the church teaches and how we here in the Diocese of Harrisburg can live out um, those, those teachings of the church. So um, the five areas that, that you mentioned earlier um, are really my primary areas of ministry. Um, and Respect Life or, or the pro-life ministry is really the umbrella um, ministry in which all the other ministries that I work with um, fall under. So, you know, that understanding that we must protect life from conception to natural death is what is applied to all the other ministries um, that, that are kind of under that respect life umbrella. So we have, you know, not only um, care for women that are expecting and, and infants, but also um, the fathers, supportive families, um, kind of all the way up into the end of life um, support. So helping people understand um, the church's teachings on the end of life concerns um, and how important it is to prepare for those um, end of life conversations um, with, with loved ones. Also under the Respect Life umbrella is disabilities, um, as you mentioned earlier. So um, some of what I do each week is work with the different communities um, of people that we have in our diocese at, at different parishes. Um, the deaf community um, is one that's um, a very wonderful, active group. Um, so just making sure that, you know, they're well connected and their resources um, are, are available to them um, is, is part of what I do, as well as other disability um, groups that, uh, that serve in our parish uh, life. Healthcare ministry, that, that's a whole other um, area under Respect Life that I, I really enjoy working with. Um, we have chaplaincies at 
pretty much um, all the different hospitals, the main ones in our area being Hershey Medical Center and Geisinger in Danville. Um, so part of my ministry is making sure that those chaplains, um, the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion that go in to visit the patients, um, have what they need and the support that they need to minister um, to those that are um, patients and their families at, at the hospitals. Uh, also different healthcare facilities that are within our diocese as well. So inpatient facilities, um, um, different levels of need that there are places for. Um, we, we as the Catholic Church try to be present in all of those different locations. Um, prison ministry is, is another uh, big one. We have many uh, county prisons. We have two state correctional facilities, um, one in Cole Township and one at Camp Hill. And then we also have the federal uh, penitentiary in Lewisburg. So applying those respect life concepts to those that are incarcerated um, is another area of ministry uh, where we serve um, the people that are incarcerated with chaplains and access to Catholic reading materials and support, um, reception of the sacraments, uh, those, those kinds of things. So our, our newest area um, of ministry that I, I'm excited about as well um, is the Care for Creation uh, ministry that, you know, really focuses on the moral component of respecting the environment that we were originally charged back in Genesis to care for. So, um, you know, looking at the environment through the lens of the Catholic Church, um, in that it's not ours to just take and use as much as we want, um, but it's life-giving and it's, it's our moral responsibility to continue to support life um, on earth. So those are really um, kind of the, the, the five areas um, that, that I oversee and, and help support, as well as um, some particular groups that we're working on kind of um, drawing attention to some particularly poor and vulnerable, vulnerable ministries um, of support as well. How do church members contribute to the cause of life across the diocese? Oh, gosh, there, there's, there's a number of ways, uh, Maria, that, that's a great question. I think, um, first of all, I think it's really important. I'm, I'm an educator by, uh, by, by trade originally, and I think being able to share this message, this, the, the, the pro-life message, is really important in order for people to then be able to take that step, that next step to contribute, um, either through prayer or um, financial contributions. Most of our parishes in, in our diocese are connected to one of our pregnancy resource centers. Um, and, you know, there'll, there'll be things like the baby bottle collections or, um, you know, baby showers that are held. Um, there's one being held here next Saturday by the Harrisburg Diocesan Council of Catholic Women. Um, and that is just a, a pro-life baby shower that everyone's invited to. And, the collected items then are distributed um, to those that are um, in need. So those are some ways. Um, actually, tomorrow uh, I'll be heading down to prepare for the March for Life in Washington, D.C. Um, so I, there are several buses going to the March for Life from different parishes. So I think being present and being visible um, to our leaders in government is, is a very important way to show, uh, to show support 
for the cause cause of life. Um, our Pennsylvania March for Life was even bigger this year than it was last year. And I, I foresee that event to hopefully continue to grow. So I think it's really um, nice when you see the different groups, the different parishes that come together and arrive um, and show their um, support as a collective group. So that's another way. Of course, pray, prayer, um, praying is, is huge. If, if you're someone that's interested in becoming more involved in the pro-life ministry, you know, start with, with that, that time in prayer and, and um, you know, allow God to, to guide you as to how you could best serve um, the, the role of, of pro-life ministry in your parish or your school or just in, in your local community at, at, a, at a resource center. Well, talking about support and healing um, for a pregnant woman who, in crisis or for post-abortive people, uh, what what kind of programs uh, does the diocese have? Sure. Yes, we we offer um, several different types of, of support. Um, primarily, we have um, we have an anonymous phone number um, on our website that can be called, um, and um, that number is used to help connect the person that's calling to specific resources that we support um, in the diocese. So. There are different retreats, and these retreats are offered for men and women um, that are that are um, you know in that process of healing. And then there are some other ones that we have available specific um, to different circumstances. So um, yeah, there are several organizations, and I would encourage anyone that is seeking healing um, to please give us a call, and we will connect you with the right right people. And I think that's so very important because we know that there are probably women and men in the pews right now in our Catholic churches who are hurting as a result of an abortion experience. And we need to show them compassion and support and let them know that God forgives and that forgiveness is open to them also for themselves. They may have difficulty forgiving themselves for their mm-hmm. abortion experience. And so I think that's that's a critical message to get out there right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it's really interesting because sometimes you meet people that have such, such a passion and the more you learn the kind of their their background and their experience, you know, they're they're in this because they don't want someone else to have to go through, you know, the same hurt that maybe they went through or someone close to them went through. Um, And I I do think that it's such, like you said, Maria, it's just such a vital message to share because, um, you know, we spend a lot of time and energy on the healing process, you know? So if we can, you know, as, as I know, we're, we're all on the, on on the same side here, you know, back that up and, you know, prevent that hurt from happening. um, You know, we're really going to be better off in, in the long run support members who are outside of the parishes? Like, do you have to be Catholic to receive uh, the support? No, you don't have to be Catholic. No, definitely um, not. I mean, it's it's a it's a beautiful faith. Um, I, I can only speak highly um, of, of it myself personally. But no, um, the, the church will welcome anyone that's that's seeking support. Um, one, one of the initiatives that the USCCB has come out recently with is something called Walking with Moms in Need. And it's a program um, by the Respect Life Committee at the USCCB where um, parishes 
kind of develop a plan specific to their their um, location, their parish, um, of an inventory of resources and uh, people that are in place to help a woman um, that might be coming to them in need so that um, our, our churches are prepared, our people, our parishes are prepared to connect um, any any person um, that, that would seek assist, assistance that route um, at, at the parish level. So there are several things kind of going on um, in, in different areas of the diocese related to that specific uh, Walking with Moms in Need program. What are some pro-life initiatives the Life Committee has planned? Right. Well, one of, one of the big things um, I, I uh, would really like to do, and I intend to do it in, in this uh, new year of 2024, is to gather the, the Respect Life leaders that are out there um, working in the parishes or working in organizations um, such as, as the Pro-Life Federation um, together so that we can have conversations, we can get to know one another, support one another, um, and just have a, a, a stronger unit of pro-life um, and respect life um, people come come and, and share that you know, that message, that mission. It's, I hear about wonderful things going on in different places throughout the diocese. And I just think this is just wonderful. Wouldn't it be beneficial if we could share some of these ideas with some of the other people, you know, just a county or two away um, that might work really well, you know, in another similar setting. So um, that is one of the things I'm, I'm working on uh, right now is, is gathering that that network um, of people that, that are interested in pro-life ministry. We have the uh, Pennies for Life um, collection that is underway. Um, recently, maybe about a week ago, each of the parishes received a poster um, for, for um, you know, wherever they want to hang it, that explains that all of the money that people might donate to Pennies for Life go to those pregnancy care resource centers um, in our diocese. So the resource centers are vetted through through a process to make sure that, you know, they're in line with the, the, the teachings of the Catholic Church. And um, and we distribute 100 percent of that money directly to those those resource centers. Uh, those are some really beautiful initiatives um, that are coming up. So if somebody wants to start something at their parish, uh, maybe a regular churchgoer, and they see that the Respect Life Ministry in the parish is not that active and they, they, want, uh, they want to start something, how do they go about doing it? And can they get in touch with you or someone at the diocese? Sure. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely welcome to uh, to contact me. Uh, typically in a parish setting, the interested person um, would want to contact their pastor just to make sure that they have the go ahead to start something new or maybe revitalize something that was once active in the past. Um, but once that you know conversation has happened, then I'm very happy to help um, any parish sort of get up and running. Um, there, there are some parishes in our diocese that have excellent and very active pro-life ministries. So another opportunity could possibly be to go to one of their meetings um, and kind of shadow and see how another parish does it, um, you know, to perhaps replicate or modify at their own parish. Marianne, what's the best part of your job? Oh gosh, um, it's it's the people. I think um, it's 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 been such a joy over the past year or so to meet people that are passionate about life, passionate about um, you know sharing the love of Christ with one another, and 
to be able to um, have conversations where you know that you're both feeling um, that same call, like a, a higher call to to do this work has been just an incredible blessing. And I really have just enjoyed, um, you know, the, the people and, and that feeling, feeling like I'm answering the call um, for my life. That's amazing. Um, is there, is there something um, that convicted you to do this, uh, that pushed you to be part of the pro-life ministry, a story from your past? Uh, not a particular one. I, I think, you know, when I look back, it's, it's like several different things that kind of all, all, all these little tributaries that sort of all came in to, to form this, this river. Um, so growing up, um, I, I, I'm a cradle Catholic, so I've grown up in the faith. Um, and as I became an adult, just really kind of fell in love with it, um, more and more. And the, um, the, the, the beauty of it, you know, I, I feel like the teachings of the church, it's, it's one of those things, the more you learn, the more you want to learn, you know, one, one piece of information kind of leads you to, to the next. And that's what I have found in, in particular with, with the pro-life uh, ministry as well. Um, you know, you look at it on the surface level, you know, you have, you know, people that are pro-life and people that are not pro-life. Um, but the more you dig down into the history and you realize the stories and what has caused each of these things to happen over time um, is, is, is very important. And I think it's important for all of us to, you know, really take that time to educate ourselves on, on the history of, of these things. So, um, but, but personally, yeah, I think um, a lot of things sort of came together at the right time and the opportunity opened up at the right time to, um, to kind of lead me um, where I am right now. And you talked about the teaching of the Catholic faith. It's possible that people growing up now don't know about the wonderful teachings of um, Pope St. John Paul II and his theology of the body and how instrumental that was in terms of promoting life. And I think that if we look through the history of the Catholic Church, we find a consistent voice for life. And that may not be found in other sectors of our society, but it is found in the Catholic faith. So that must give you great comfort. Absolutely. Yeah, to, to know that you're part of this, this tradition of, of the church and the church's teachings don't, don't change. You know, we, we've been a pro-life church from the very beginning and we will remain a pro-life church um, because that's that. That is what who we are, um, but yes, there are several documents, um, Evangelium Vitae and um, the Gospel of Life, just some really great um, encyclicals that were written on that value of human life. Um, and Pope John Paul II, like you said, um, his theology of the body is just a beautiful, beautiful, you know, series of, of lessons basically on on that teaching of life that should certainly be highlighted and, and read at, at some point, um, I think, by, by all Catholics. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure because you have served as a teacher in schools as well, I was wondering, do you have, uh, does, the, uh, does the diocese of the church get involved with uh, teaching these pro-life values within the schools, uh, Catholic schools in the area? Does that, is that one of the parts that the diocese is interested in? 
That that is a great question, and and it's interesting that that you ask that right now because I'm actually in the process of of kind of collecting that information um, and and seeking to find out exactly what happens um, in terms of of pro life in our in our Catholic schools. There is a um, like a, a chastity in Christian um, formation program um, that's currently in place, but that is all. Uh, kind of run by our education office. So, um, of course, we're, we're, we're teammates um, at, here at the Diocesan Center, um, but that kind of falls under, the, you know, the, the curriculum itself falls a little bit more under, under their um, umbrella. But I do know that several of the high schools have places like, um, you know, Morningstar will go in and offer a talk um, or, or another, you know, different life organization will go in for sort of, a, you know, an assembly or a particular classroom setting to talk about um, pro-life issues. We've got just a couple of minutes left. And if I recall, you were at the National Right to Life Convention this I past was. year. Yes. How was that as an experience? Oh my gosh, that was that was beautiful. That was my first time attending, and um, it was so inspiring. I, I came home with like bags of materials to pour through, um, and just just to hear um, and meet so many people that have committed their their life's work to to the pro life cause. Um, I thought some of the speakers were just just excellent. Um, I know we heard one um, that talked about the the end of life, um, the youth euthanasia talk, and I, I was just so moved by that that um, you know I, I came back and then I started researching all of these these laws and kind of what what's happening um, kind of on that end of of the respect life timeline. Um, and it was just really, really inspiring, Maria. I enjoyed seeing you and everyone um, there. So I, I hope to return again. Well, one final question. Um, any thoughts regarding Sanctity of Human Life Sunday? Oh, I, I, I think it's an incredibly important Sunday um, for each of us to be present, for each of us to pray in some way um, or to offer, you know, um, a sacrifice of some kind for human life. Um, the day after Monday is followed by the day of prayer for um, the legal protection of unborn children. So, you know, I would kind of include Monday, Sunday and Monday as two days of specific prayer and, and, um, and sacrifice for, for that cause. Thank you so much, Marianne Weltmer the Director for Life and Dignity for the Diocese of Harrisburg. And, and you are definitely the right person for that job. Oh, that's kind of you, Maria. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, you're quite welcome. Positively Pro-Life is made possible through the generous support of the members of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation all across the Commonwealth. The Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is the largest single-issue pro-life organization in the Keystone State, with more than 40 local county-based chapters. We shine a spotlight on the most vulnerable individuals from the very dawn of life to the twilight of life. Thank you for joining us for the program today. It would not be the same without you. We are grateful for your continuing support and encouragement week in and week out. And remember, there is always a reason to choose life.